we at Verbal Tap, like you, are shocked and saddened by what we saw out of the Minnesota police, along with what's happened throughout the country uh, in some just insanely continuously sad ways. I strongly suggest, from my perspective, you go listen to Larry Wilmore's podcast, Black on the Air. He does an unbelievable 12 minutes. And if you find yourself headed that direction, Campaign Zero, where they are identifying solutions, providing research and data to organizers and policymakers, advocating to end police violence nationwide. Again, they are dedicated to data and helping solve this problem, which is police can't do this. And it doesn't take a ton of grappling knowledge to know what you saw is, is unacceptable. We firmly stand in a, in a corner, Black Lives Matter. And please head to Campaign Zero if you can. And that's, that's it for me, Kevin. Raph, I will kick it to you. You know, we've been in a really weird time. Our hearts go out to everybody who was affected at 10th Planet Long Beach, uh, as well as the super rare shop out here in Los Angeles. And we're just a, a small percentage of what is going on nationwide. Now, granted, everybody has already been affected by COVID. Emotions are high. We were starting to tell people in private and I understand there's a lot of discourse that's going to happen, and there is discourse that needs to happen, so that's good. Having conversations, that is good. But ask yourself before you post anything, is this who you were before the pandemic, before these events? And then, is it the person you want to be after the pandemic or these events? Because there is so much negative... Uh, discourse that isn't going to get us anywhere any faster. And we have the benefit in our community of understanding a very unique thing about self-defense. So I think a lot of us are in agreement that, yes, we should always be looking out for those and protecting those, and especially looking out uh, for those people who are trying to protect our civil liberties, as well as those people who are also going out there and protesting. So it's our hope that you guys um, feel similarly in the way that we do, because there are a lot of folks out there who speak aggressively, but say very little. So our little humble suggestion is just, if you can, listen a little bit more than you're going to aggressively say nothing. We're going to do a show tonight. Um, please know we're thinking of the protesters, the cause, and the continued work to be done to fix this. It's a lot of work. The guy who ducked me after he and I had a race for the ages of UFC 249. I, I've heard he was in some sort of fight with someone who's half cross-dressing just to avoid him. 
But we got to talk about this first. Craig Jones, how are you, sir? Not too bad. Not you... too bad. Just surviving the uh, the New York City craziness. What is? What the hell does that mean? Are you just caught between like Gordon Ryan and some protesters right now? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Now they 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 were protesting right by the gym, so I was like uh, dodging the citywide curfew and shit like that. Absolutely. Does it help when you're with Gordon? Can you just like walk with Gordon and be like, he's got opinions. They won't upset you. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully they don't recognize it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Craig. Just avoid the police. Leg locks I mean, don't always if there's work so any well service that you really seem to pretty, play on the day of death squad, like, no you've definitely care. got a bunch just of people. Like, you've got at least Nikki, oh, who kind of just stays quiet and does his thing. You've got Gordon, who can't shut up. Gary, who's like a Barrett's little brother. And then you're like the diffuser uncle that comes in and is like, hey, guys, uh, who wants a beer? I know you're underage, <laughs> but I'm the cool uncle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the uh, weapon of distraction for those guys. <laughs> well, let's get into a few things. You didn't come UFC back. UFC 249, Raph. Yes, thank you. I was I was transitioning <laughs> to let him know that we do have some results. And it's weird. It's customary for people to come back on our show the week after the, the UFC that they do over under Kevin on. Kevin, is there any reason that you think that Craig would have tried to avoid it coming back on the show for any reason? Because he and I were in a overtime locked race, and it's a tough thing for a guy with a big ego and an even smaller setup. You know what? Not the podcast. Mm-mm. It's tough for him to come back on and admit he lost mm-hmm. and he got beat. Right? And I don't know what he's going to come with. Come up with. I didn't shave anything. I barely trimmed my face or any other part of me. So I'm as dry as they come, and I still won. <laughs> Well, t- uh, first of all, what was my excuse for not coming back, Raph? Well, Hard to remember. I mean, uh, I don't know that I want sleep, to disclose that. If you would ambient. like to tell them, that's perfectly fine. I honestly kind of remember that. Oh, you God. weren't feeling well. You had a little bit of case of the tummy grumpies or the bluesies oh. bluesies. It's hard to yeah, remember. Yeah, actually, you know, you know what happened, actually? I'm in this fucking uh, shitty apartment in Hoboken, and my fucking fridge started malfunctioning so some of the food i ate was uh no good started uh overheating a little <laughs> oh wow you and you and michael jordan that's fascinating <laughs> hobo yeah. you, you had me at hoboken as soon as you were like i'm in a shitty apartment hoboken it was like food poisoning some sort of yeah checks out <laughs> that's fine i didn't perform as well sick as uh michael jordan unfortunately i feel like i'm sick for every event I bring pink eye to ADCC. Yeah, fucking sick all the time. I was. I, mean, I had COVID nineteen for the tag team match. So Craig, <laughs> the thing is, is like I don't really do a verification. It's not like I make you produce some doctor's documents or anything like that when you say, "Hey, I'm not feeling great." But to hear that you did it to yourself, like. The the fridge was bad. You probably figured out eh, it's fifty fifty. Why not just eat this nom noms anyway, and let's see what happens. So, were you okay after what ended up coming of of that? Um. Oh well, I should I should have known because I took the milk out of the fridge that day and it was 
it was visibly no good. But I still Australians. <laughs> God I still damn trust Australia. that other <laughs> Yeah, now I, I recover. I recovered pretty quick. Luckily, it didn't hit me too bad. I'm still battling the fridge now, trying to fix it because it's hard to get a replacement delivery during yeah. during COVID. You know what I mean? Especially in New York right now. But yeah, I'm saying I had a legitimate excuse, but I did lose. I didn't know I lost that because I forgot the bets, but I was assuming I did. So, I think because I lost the first fight. The first fight of the night, Yep. I picked a heavy underdog. And he was doing surprisingly well, but he still lost. You, you picked Smi- Smile and Sam Alvey. I was impressed by the gravitas, but uh, I ended up winning. It, well, you also got Gaethje, and I had Ferguson because I'm an idiot. So you still ended up uh, very close. Nine to eight was the total score. Oh, shit. There were only 11 fights. So you and I should have both uh, put some money down in Vegas. We did pretty good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I'm still a little peeved about the Nico Price Luke situation. <laughs> and I definitely think uh, you should be pissed because two of the split decisions that could have for sure gone either way went to me. So that was <laughs> that was tough. That I mean Nico Price, he's uh probably suffering quite a bit right now, hey? Mm. That was a uh, beatdown. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Craig, I think the, in- the interesting thing here is is that you had a feeling in your gut, aside from all of the probably uh, food poisoning that you were getting at the time, that said, I don't <laughs> think I'm winning this one. So, Kev, remind him what it is that he has to do. So, you were going to send me a pair of your classic leopard print cheetah shorts, which are going to look more like a Speedo on me, based off of a, a just juxtapose of my hips versus yours. Even if you got XLs, I have a way. I make those like tight grappling shorts that should look like you know you and Keenan wear them, and they fluff out. They just barely hold on for dear life when I strap them on. So you were gonna have to do something similar on Instagram as a promotion for the show. You didn't love my idea, so I have a caveat, Raph, that I'd like to pitch you both. That is in the spirit of him having to do a fifteen to twenty second. He was going to have to lip sync to Fergalicious, Uh but Ferguson didn't win. I did. So that doesn't make any GD sense. So my (laughs) thought is just in his grappling shorts, he said he sends you a video Raph That's just every day. There's a problem in grappling smash cut. And this is where Raph, I need you to sign on to do Uh. some editing just as a heads up. To somebody being like, it's a verbal submission. And him, he, then he says, it's a verbal tap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a Craig Duh, Jones endorsement. That's what I want. Where are you? It, w- parties agree. Do parties agree? Parties agree. Uh, it's just more work <laughs> for me. Like, I didn't understand the bet had more. That's why it was a surprise, uh, Raph. I could have told you before. I thought on air, and you really get the bravada of you being like, did you sign me up to do a video editing? Right. Yeah, no, this That's was not straight. discussed beforehand by anybody. <laughs> so this is if, clearly If, if Raph's doing more work than usual, we're both winning, Kevin. Oh. Boom. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's a nine to eight performance, show. Raph. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, that's great. Why don't we go ahead and transition now that I know I've got all that shit to do about this weekend. Craig Jones, you, Wagner Hocha, 
The people were very interested. <laughs> Chael was very interested. Tell us. Well, Chael the- was interested, but Chael spent 10 minutes explaining the rules of overtime that we all quite clearly understand <laughs> after the match, but he was interested. Yeah, go on. How was it? All right. So, I mean, obviously competing with Wagner is going to test uh, test your patient, patience. Test your How's your face? Right? Your, your nose okay? Well, I saw he popped you with an open palm there. Yeah, so, we, so let's go to the list of uh, <laughs> things he did to me. So he... he he was talking smack the entire time. He popped me in the face and he palm struck me, but somehow scratched my face. And he said, tell Gordon that one's for him. What? He's obviously twisting the fingers and stuff as well. And uh, um, basically disengaging. Uh, I was complaining to the referee because he was so slippery. And his response to that was, nah, I just shaved my legs. And I was like, you know what? It's a strange time to feel proud that you made a man so scared of you that he shaved his legs. It should <laughs> feel then, good. I was also was like, what else did he shave? There's no way he stopped at that. <laughs> he was like, you never know when you need those extra leg space to get out. Yeah, where, 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 does it, uh, where did the line stop? And then the last thing he did, which is probably the most uh, irritating thing, well, actually, all right, so let's go. We've got him to overtime. I start on his back first. So in our first matchup, I went for an arm-in rear-naked choke and uh, managed to hold him in the position, but I didn't get the submission. So I thought I'd go for the same submission again because I've uh, gained a bit of size to see how effective it was. But it was it's sort of a trap to get him to take their uh, shoulder away from their neck. So I go to apply the same submission, arm-in rear-naked choke, and he says, that didn't work last time as he defends it. But then in the course of defending that one, left his chin open and I strangled him about five to ten seconds straight afterwards. So he went from talking smack to tapping. So then obviously, I think it was 35 seconds over time. So he gets a shot at my back now. And the way it's meant to work is you opponent grabs a seatbelt, but he allows you to take defensive grips on the choking hand. Yes. And that means getting a thumb inside right because if someone takes a seatbelt you don't have a thumb inside the ref says go there's nothing stopping them strangling you immediately so what Wagner tries to do is he quickly jumped on the grip and then tried to hold it so tight and maneuver the wrist so I couldn't even have a defensive starting position so this guy just is by any means necessary you know what I mean so it's like it's a disappointing match because I wanted to finish in regulation but at the same time it felt good to strangle him in overtime either way you missed a beautiful moment where Chael was like, I don't think he's a dirty fighter. And then seconds later, he's like, I shaved my legs. It's like, okay, well, he might not. He might, he's, he might be a, not the dirtiest fighter, I guess. But Wagner has a particular reputation for being uh, angry and aggressive. But I have talked shit, and it has been the reason I got strangled before. Uh, do you think it was his extra little bravada that opened him up? Do you tr- strangle him if he just shuts the f up? Because I thought you face cranked him, truthfully. Yeah, I, I put I put the choke on uh, pretty pretty aggressively after that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean it's a tri- it's a tricky one, right? Like uh, that that whole overtime setup and stuff, and Chael saying he's not a dirty fighter. It's like, what is the what would do you think is the definition of a dirty fighter? <laughs> <laughs> well, that gets a little home. It's better when he's just on his own and he was in his dark room. 
you you have gotten to fight. Have you? Well, hold on. You've never fought Wagner before. Yeah, we had a match back at EBI. Um, EBI 11, so three years ago. I, I mean, you know what? The most uh, unsettling thing about the match that left a sour taste was like, to be honest, based on the fact that he didn't attempt anything in regulation and in overtime, he was tapped so quickly. I more or less got left with the impression that he didn't care that much about the match. You know what I mean? Like he showed up to just not get submitted in regulation, didn't care too much if he lost in overtime. That's the impression I got. Like, you know, if someone showed up, you didn't feel like they were actually trying to win. So I guess that's what ruined the match for me a little. Okay. There's a lot to unwind here. The first thing that I think catches my attention is, I don't know if people know this about you or have seen you at events, but you're usually pretty, pretty chill. You're talking to people. I'm guessing you're not really making conversation or short talk with one Wagner in the back because there's not a ton of people there. No, no, they split us up into locker rooms, and he kept his uh, door closed, didn't come out to watch any of the other matches. Okay, so then afterwards, I did see him at least kind of embrace you, which is, like, loose defined for Wagner as kind of, like, patting you and being like, ah, you know, it's just what I do. Good to see you, Craig. Did you guys say anything afterwards? Was there any exchange? Because the last time we saw you in a video exchanging with somebody, it was learning about the foot and how you it gets broken. So it's a very different oh. sort of ending. I think we uh, I think we said something afterwards. We briefly briefly spoke, but not not like in like usually I'll have a usually I'll, I mean this is the grappling match. Usually people people talk to each other before the match. Usually they'll talk talk a bit of shit after the match. Just uh, friendly sort of. Uh, banter and stuff, but yeah, not too much for that one. Nope. If I had been Vinny's knee surgeon, I'd have called you and been like, first of all, you're an asshole. <laughs> Second, do you mind telling me what it is you did to this poor man? Third, <laughs> thank you for the new Tahoe. The family's <laughs> gonna love it. Well, uh, Vinny still thinks he's not injured. He's, he apparently wanted to compete at this submission underground. Yeah. I feel like we're gonna see him in a Spartan race, fall down at mile one. He's gonna be like, just sprained it. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's another 10th planet conspiracy. <laughs> well, you're on a nice little tear from, not just, sorry to Vinny Magalhães for the <laughs> pardon the fun. You're on a good run here. You really destroyed, as we're referencing, Vinny's, Vinny's knee, which we didn't know, could, and possibly an ankle, which we weren't aware of uh, was possible. That was referenced. Um, now you beat Wagner and Rev called it. The, there's a ransom on your head now, which I, I kind of find pretty fun. But in terms of fighting Wagner Hocha, why and how? Why didn't you leg lock him in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Not to come to his defense here, but it's not like you had a ton of time to attack. You did keep trying to Vinny Magalhães him. So why? How close were you to a leg lock? It looked like you were pretty damn close a few times. And why didn't you get one? There was one time that was very, very close. But yeah, just Wagner uh, was able to able to slip out of it. But I mean, potentially the match might happen again. I believe um, June twenty first they're doing a a tournament, and the winner of the tournament will face off against me. So I think Wagner. He might even be in the tournament, so he might. Uh, you stop! Win the oh, stop it! You know he's going to be in the tournament, <laughs> not fighting people and going to overtime. 
strangling them, putting bloody noses. <laughs> like, calm your nerves. He's going to be there. Of course he's going to be there. He's definitely going to enter as, like, Ragnar Vocha with a little <laughs> fake mustache and come in and be like, Hey, everybody, it's me, Ragnar Vocha. Come on. Be like, this oh. time I got the full Brazilian. I'm here. <laughs> well, well, they seem to be making you the franchise star over at Submission Underground, and that's great. What does it feel like to now have a tournament specifically designed to find someone to murder you? I think I think it's pretty fun. Just sort of uh, some fun, fun sort of promotional stuff. Uh, we, the tournament only came about because uh, so few people wanted to. So few of the bigger names actually wanted to face off against me under the Submission Underground rule set mm. a lot of the uh, guys obviously averse to um ebi overtime and stuff so i mean that keeps them out but yeah so we're just doing the tournament really put a price put a price in the tournament so they win the tournament they get to face me and potentially i guess become the next uh, submission underground star or per se it's not really a thing but for you <laughs> I'm interested in finding out. Will you? Are you competing on that card? Or are you just, uh, you know, letting them do their sort of a thing? Yeah. Are you no, the dangling I'm... box above? Are they going to dangle you above the match? It's like mm-hmm. Craig Jones in a life saves <laughs> cage. You get to fight him if you win. I'm, uh, yeah, I'll be competing on the show as well, which is funny. They announced the tournament before I faced off against Wagner. So, which is like, it's it's a big ask. They're like. You get a face Craig, but obviously if he loses against Wagner and he loses on the day of the tournament, that sort of ruins the tournament, right? So Thank you for mentioning that. I thought I had skipped too far mm-hmm. ahead when I was trying to catch your match because I was like, wait, would they announce that? No, no, I'm following. Yeah, they, they, it was almost like, Craig, we have such confidence we'll win against Wagner tonight. We've put him as the prize cage match. Now, at the next event, are you fighting the winner of the tournament or you're just fighting someone else and then you'll fight the winner of the tournament? Yeah, so I just have a, a, a super fight on the event and then I'll face uh, the winner of the tournament, I believe, on July 12th. So it's like three weeks. Basically competing every three, three weeks for Sug. Rumor has it, Raph, mm. and this is Verbal Tap Legal's not happy I'm sharing this, but rumor has it Wagner has been working undercover as a refrigerator repair person, mm. and I have it on authority, he might have been the original saboteur of Craig Jones' food <laughs> supply. You heard it here first. It broke. Well, I guess the strong evidence here is that whatever they try to find for COVID in terms of antibodies, at the very least, we should be trying to study whatever's making Craig still alive. Yeah, he actually might have got some grease on him repairing the fridge. <laughs> but you have to understand from our perspective, the last time there was a weird stop in the action, a foot was broken. And so I was watching this one intently, and when you were looking at the ref, I was like, Jesus Christ, did he break the foot and I didn't even see it this time? Like, last time we at least were witness to it. This time was Craig trying to be like that. And then when you heard Lubegate, and then you hear that as a thing that's kind of, you know, perpetuated by Chael. And... Who's my favorite, by the way? He's like, I don't want to perpetuate a rumor, but based <laughs> off of this interpretation of Craig doing a flight landing hand signal, I can only presume he's got KY, honeysuckle, anal silicone jelly, and whatever else 
all lubed up on his shins, which is a great idea here. Not a dirty fighter, a lubed up fighter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Chael was actually telling me a trick afterwards. Chael was like, there is actually a trick to work out if someone's got grease. And you guys could probably try this at home and tell me the result. He said, if you, if you uh, can click your fingers after touching someone, it means they don't have grease. So if you guys touch some uh, moisturizer or something and then try to click your fingers, it won't make a noise. Okay, well, I don't know that that was the most helpful trick that the fans were looking for, but I do appreciate <laughs> that you uh, it's scientific. <laughs> shared it anyway. Well, excellent. So they're racing you like a stock car. Are you still good? Is this still fun? And can I ask, is there any COVID testing going on while they're bringing these fights? That might be inside baseball. I don't know if you can answer. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's still fun right now. It's actually, I'm enjoying um, competing without the uh, the fans there. Like, in a, in a way, it just doesn't feel as intense you know what I mean? You got the full live audience there. You see everyone. You go out. It feels like more pressure when you're just competing in a random barn in Oregon. It, it, it feels a bit more like training. But yes, they do take out temperature. That's the extent of the COVID testing. Noted. All right. Well, the other thing to kind of consider here, Craig, is as this is happening, you obviously mentioned you have an opponent. Do we get to know who that opponent is or how soon before they announce that sort of a thing? I don't think I'm allowed to announce it, but it'll be the, um, they should have the poster out pretty soon. They'll announce the whole eight man tournament lineup okay. and they'll also announce uh, my opponent. Would you be interested in this and hear me out? I think what you should do, and again, I know that everybody has their way of warming up, especially you're competing that night. But I think you should do commentary with Chael. Like, if the whole purpose is to have you dangled as a carrot in front of these eight guys who all want 10K to murder Craig Jones, they should have you, and even if you can't be in the same room, they can hook up some sort of satellite that talks to each other. It's pretty easy. And they should have you commentate the matches with it because I think that builds for the next chapter. That would that would be a lot of fun. I should can, talk to him uh, about that. Can we merge ideas? Can mm. we still dangle him in a hamster cage above <laughs> everything with a mat so he can warm up? But we get him a headset, so it's like old commentators. Can... So they the opponents can hear me. I'll try and be cage side. <laughs> talk to him about it. Not how I would do that leg lock with uh, Craig Jones. That'll be good. <laughs> And that's fascinating to me that you kind of – I think grappling is one of the few sports where we won't notice there aren't fans because, you know, <laughs> you really spend so much of your time fighting like that. Even when you were a young up-and-comer before you had your um, marginal ADCC success. Mm -hmm. I'm just being a dick for no reason. I apologize. <laughs> before that, you know, this is kind of how you were used to fighting for like 10 or 12 people. So it's kind of interesting to just put you in a barn and watch you try and leg lock someone. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You just never really had a, uh, a large audience. In attendance. Well, even for UFC, it works. Like in basketball, I think it'll throw everybody off. In soccer, you can see they they like went to go celebrate and were like, "Who the fuck do I take my shirt off for? Like, what are we doing here?" But in MMA, it's just like, "Yep, normal. 
how we train, fuck them. <laughs> so let's fight. So it's an interesting and grappling. I will give Chael it's the matches were fantastic. So there might be something to it. At least this time. Yeah. I, I mean I gotta give Chael props that he, he managed to to do this throughout the whole COVID crisis. Like there was no stopping at all. I think this is his third show during quarantine. <laughs> insane yeah it's just it really, he's a brave man you've been one of the most working athletes outside of the uh, acl which is the american cornhole league and you can find that on espn the championship was legit it was it was this one guy had a wagner roca like approach to hitting the hole i dug it uh that's what wagner said will be a new segment we start Craig, you're doing it S10 interviews. Where can people hear you before we kick you out? You know what? Don't plug them. Just yeah. listen to this one. Oh, you got yeah. all don't, you need. Don't go to the other ones. This was and the best one, sir. We'll look forward to a video of you in inappropriate Sheeta pants. Oh, That's hey, how I refer to yours, even though they fit. Go ahead, Ref. I forgot this. We actually had one fan question submitted inside of our group, and it was this. It says, hey, Craig. What would you give as a starting point to build a leg lock game? What types of interests and metagames specifically? Oh, to start building it. Mm-hmm. That's a, it, that is a very tough question. Um, it, I mean, I would just try and find entries based off of the regular guards you already play. Like if you're very good at, say, De La Hiva guard, I wouldn't start looking at it butterfly guard for your entries to the leg lock game i would try to get good at the entries from the positions you're already good at and then start working new entries so i would say work entries from your favorite guard practice how you would finish from those entries and then build a a more well-rounded game from it i appreciate that that's very nice and thank you christopher for that question i guess it was very nice and i want to thank you on behalf of the community i don't know if you did it but BJJ Fanatics gave out a couple free days of your Triangle DVD, and I ended up sending that to a couple of my friends who specifically think I'm very hard to triangle because I have a large head. And I said, well, here you go. If this man can't help you, uh, it's really your fault. It's you. It's really (laughs) that. Well, I do hope they triangle you now. I I don't, but uh, I, I put it to you like this. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate you coming back on the show. We know you have media obligations here and elsewhere, but uh, we're very happy that you were able to get some, not finality, but at least a good next chapter for Vagna. And we look forward to seeing whoever you've got coming up next. Awesome, guys. Thanks for having me back. Bye, Gregor. someone on that could physically dominate me in every way don't enjoy well it. it's embarrassing it's in the way in which he can really hurt you kevin i have agreed yet to this young man. <laughs> it's embarrassing in the fact that what this kid is half of our age something like that he's definitely one of the promising upstarts in all of grappling and all of jujitsu um him and his brother and cody and all of those guys holding it down for texas he is one of the most polite individuals, which makes me wonder, will he keep the politeness when we turn on the competition?
for over under Kevin. I don't know. <laughs> I'm willing to wager he might step out of that little cocoon of niceness to just to just kind of give you a little bit of an edge. We might see the edge of one William Tackett. William, how you doing, sir? Um, doing great. Doing real well. Um, just got done training. Yeah, it's been been a good day so far. Really looking forward to the the commentary with you guys. Oh, well, you know, we're happy to have you. Obviously, you've been on Grappling Hour before. You were a wonderful presence there. You, your family, like, it's always fun running into you. You are one of the most game people in the entire world. However, you've yet to meet my co-host, Kevin. Now, Kevin, what's your first thought whenever I say uh, the name Liam Tackett to you? Uh, Sheer anger. So just uh, (laughs) visceral dislike, and I'll tell you why. And this is... this. It's not about jealousy. It's not okay. about jealousy of work <laughs> ethic or talent. It's about the fact that I'm angry he's better than me at such a young age in so many GD ways. And you just parade him out here like he was great on the grappling hour. Big deal. I guess I'm supposed to compete against him in some picks. But mm. I'm also, <laughs> I, I will say, trudging through that, I guess you could call it jealousy <laughs> is the severe intrigue on how he feels like he got to, uh, to spark this passion for BJJ. Cause to me, it, when you're that young, it has to be an extra like difficult asteroid that hits. So there's, there are my feelings. I'm a mixed bag of emotions and that's not the wine talking. It's the jealousy. <laughs> Fair well, enough. I'll try to well, I'll compliment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so the polite trash talking begins. William, here's a quick question for you, bud. I've seen nobody put your name quite like a bounty for murder. Like I have Third Coast Grappling. <laughs> How many different ways have they come up for a game show of Let's Kill the Tackett Brothers? Are they? <laughs> I mean, they've done it for me and my younger brother, too, because, I mean, right before quarantine hit, he was supposed to fight, like, three guys in a row with, like, no rest. And um, so, I mean, they really like, you know, putting us out there and, I guess, trying to see us get beat up. So, it's fun. I like it. I like the extra pressure. Yeah, I mean, clearly. And I've met your brother, and your brother... He's got, like, a very mischievous... Like, if I'm, like, comparing you to him... He seems a little bit more like, man, this kid is not afraid to play a prank. He's not afraid to get under his skin. And obviously, it's a good nature and fun. Like, he's a very nice kid like you are. You guys are raised very well. But at the same point, uh, we've seen your track record here. And we're very impressed. Tell us a little bit about your fight to win. Not very, Raph. Normal amount impressed. I remember the Keenan days. I watched mm-hmm. Kid Dale flare and burn wow. like we didn't even use his mustache. I'm not very impressed yet. I just I want it noted okay, for okay. the record. For the note for right now for you, Kevin, is we haven't even gotten to the competition yet. So this is the nice part of the show. So <laughs> as we were saying, well, tell us a little bit about uh, the competitions you've had. You've apparently defended your belt uh, with honor the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um Seth hit me up like uh, two weeks ago asking if I wanted to fight for the title. And um, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I hadn't competed in actually quite a while since December. So I was really excited to get back on the mat. 
I was able to get out there and get a quick triangle, and um, it was real fun. It was real cool to be back in the jiu-jitsu community. And the, any any um, nerves with that kind of layoff for you? Because you're at the top level now. You have people watching. Does that uh, add a little pressure when there's a break, or was it just pretty natural? Uh, you know, there really actually was a lot of pressure. I had a lot of pressure going into it just because I hadn't competed in a while, and I was a little bit nervous, you know. As as much as I've competed, and last year I competed a ton, it still was like a little bit nerve wracking because I was like, oh man, you know, what if it's a little bit different? Like I'm maybe, you know, out of sort a little bit. Just getting all the little thoughts running through my head, but I was able to get out there and get it done. And um, it kind of got got rid of the nerves for the next match because um, Seth hit me back up and asked if I wanted to defend my title for the next weekend. And I felt a lot better going into it, a little bit less nerves, more, um, just kind of more excited to get back on it because it was so fun last time. I think that's cool for people to hear because when you're you're trying to grapple and be at that competition, not at your competition level, but when you are at yours, it's interesting to hear you still go through that process of, oh, snap, it's been a few months, and then it kind of gets more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone kind of goes through that. I wouldn't say that the highest level guys never go through that because there's always that little thing that happens. Like, I can guarantee you that when Gordon came off of his knee injury, he was probably had some doubts in his head. You know, will my knee hold up? Yada yada. And you know, I think that everyone goes through that little bit of, you know, nervousness. Mm-hmm. When he anxiety. started using all those steroids, will my steroids mm-hmm. hold up? I'm mm-hmm. just joking. I'm just throwing. Fire <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was like, you're not wrong to point out. For most athletes, uh, Gordon is uh, very hard headed. So of all of the people who I had would have some confidence in going in and being like, no, my knee's fine. Actually, it's been better than Philippe Pena's at his age. If you look at the stats, my knee is actually superior to his. If you were to make it go into a race, I know that for sure. So, oh my that's, gosh, <laughs> that's just uh, how Gordon rolls. But hey, here's something I wanted to ask you about, because uh, you can tell me yes or no. I didn't see it. So I always look for results and I'm always happy when I get to see how things go for you. But did I happen to see you with a headset over the weekend um headset yes yeah i was able to commentate on the fight to win that i competed at well, i was able to defend my title and hop on commentary with um howell from flow grappling it was yeah. pretty cool how did you like doing that it was real fun you know it was a lot different than i expected uh, you have to really pay attention to both sides of the match because normally like i pick my favorite and i kind of root for them and watch their jujitsu or pick the guy I'm more interested in. But, you know, you're out there commentating. You can't just talk about the same guy the whole time, especially because if, if it's your teammate. So um, when it came to, like, Gabriel versus Lucas or, like, you know, any other checkmat guys, I had to, like, look at the other guys' jiu-jitsu, too, and talk about it. So I had to pay more attention to both sides, and it was really fun. I liked it. Interesting. Don't get too used to it, kid. Those of us who need those <laughs> jobs, we understand. I would ask you this, though. Did you do it before and after your match, or did you do it after or before? Like, how did that work? So Seth asked me if I wanted to hop on, like, before my matches, and uh-huh. I had got there only about four matches before mine. So mm-hmm. I was like, uh, let, me, let me just warm up and get my head in the game, and I'll hop on after. So I just ended up fighting and then going and getting changed and then hopping on the mic. Raph, any okay. any professional will tell you you're gonna get hop ons. You <laughs> will. You're gonna get hop ons. <laughs> not not just hop ons, but you gotta love the organization of uh anybody wanna talk? We don't really mm, 
Well, <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah, we don't really put this together all that well. I would tell you this, though, Will, which is you and I have a connection that I don't know is hyper favorable. And I know I've asked you about this in the past, but now that you've done it, do you understand now how more when you got hit by Tex, I was reacting the way I was now having done commentary because I am famous for in that clip of when he slugged you in the face and you took it like a champ and you were very good about it in terms of not raising a stink. You just did that. My reaction was, Whoa, do you understand how that happens now? Oh yeah. Cause you're pretty much in the match. Like you feel like you're almost participating in a way and uh, really anything can kind of shock you. Like I saw a few really cool submissions and I was really impressed and I feel like I was, I probably shot it or, you know, it was like, whoa, or something, you know. So I could definitely <laughs> the, see how that happened. <laughs> but you know that, like, for us, there is a want to be that highlight clip that you get to say, like, oh, and he finishes it. Like, <laughs> you want to give you that much respect. But instead, now on you and I's kind of trajectory in the Venn diagram where both you and I exist, there's definitely me being like, did he just punch a kid? What the shit? <laughs> like... <laughs> So I just I am happy you now kind of understand my side because I wish I had been even better in that moment. But that was the that was how I felt. That was where I was at the time. And I had people sending it to me and I laughed pretty hard because I knew once you were okay, I was like, well, you know, yeah, that's that's how it reacted. And I I mean, in retrospect, it happened. So um, let me ask this. Okay, so that's what you got going on. Um, I'm very excited about the third coast one in the gi. Now I haven't seen you in the gi in a while. When was the last time you did a gi competition, sir? So I did a gi competition back last year in um, the world championships. I, I believe it was the last time I competed in the gi. Okay. Um, I did a few gi tournaments last year. I competed in Austin open, Dallas open, Denver open, on it world open. And then the gi worlds all in gi, but mm -hmm. uh, gi worlds was the last tournament I did. So, about a little over a year ago. So it's going to be a pretty good break for me, but I'm excited to hop back on it. Well, if there's anybody I'm excited that they've put into this, and this is no disrespect to anybody else in the bracket, we know them, we're friends with a majority of them, so they can suck it. Mm -hmm. But I just like your attitude in terms of, yeah, man, plug me in. And then the next week, put me in something else. And then the next <laughs> week, if you've got something, put me in that too. So I hope you know from our side there's a high amount of appreciation. Now, here's an important part of the game for picking the UFC stuff. Mm -hmm. I do require you to talk a little bit of trash. Now, you're so nice. Do you, like, talk trash to Cody and to your brother? Do you, are you known as a trash talker? Because you don't strike me as one. Um, not too much trash talker. I'll kind of give people bad times if they screw up or something, but I'm not really the type of person to talk too much trash. <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, that is kind of a requirement here. So <laughs> one thing I like to do for the guests is to kind of even out the playing field. I figure Kevin knows a lot about you. You might not know a ton about him. Are there any questions you'd like to get for cross-examination or intel that might help you to be able to talk trash when the moment arises in about 10 minutes? Hmm. How long has he been training? Third. No, 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> 12 years. 12 years? Okay. So you've been training a year longer than I have. Oh, um, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how old are you? 34. 
Checking okay, my where license. are you from? I am from a place just past Paradise, 45 <laughs> minutes south of Kansas City on the Kansas side of the Missouri border, Spring Hill, Kansas. Okay. Alrighty, I, I live in Denver now. <laughs> I live in Denver now, so that can tell you something about my political views and habits. And as you said, you won the Denver Open. It's like, damn it, I gotta like throw a grappling after party. Obviously, when we can all hang again. But mm-hmm. I, I need to become known as that in Denver, Raf. And I think the I will tell you brothers this, though, are how I do it. If you, if you are throwing a after party, you know, just I'm not saying cut them off. I'm just saying keep an eye on the food intake from the Texas boys. Are you kidding? That's how I'm going to get them drunk on an interview. Oh it's going to be like, oh, you can eat pizza. Everybody get here. Like, I've got a whole plan. I think the thing. Is that, that weed me- on the table? I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I think the thing that made me laugh the most was, you know, when, all, you know, Tackett was all the talk of the town, that BJJ Fanatics Grand Prix. I walked down. I want to make sure he's okay because I hadn't seen him yet. And I think he was looking at me and I was like, hey, man, how are you? And he's like, Raf, can you believe how much food's down here? And I was like, yeah, I I can. I'm glad you're okay. He, the kid must be just fine then. And you and and your your bro and Cody and all, you, you put a hurt on it. So I, I was impressed. I will tell you that. Yeah, we're big eaters. We eat a heck ton of food, so. That's something that we do good besides jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Um, Kev, do you have any kind of things that you want to ask him before I kind of switch on over? Yes, I do. Yes, Is please. there a loss that eats at you? Someone that, that got you <laughs> that you're like, uh. A loss that what? That eats at you. Gets in your craw, <laughs> to use a Texas phrase. I mean, as of recent probably like the text loss just because I was able to kind of win positionally get punched in the face and then <laughs> lose it over time. But I told I normally take losses pretty well, but I mean, that loss kind of gets me a little bit. I wish I would have came on top, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, all things considered, if that's the worst loss that you have on record in terms of how you took it, I don't, I mean, it's a pretty unblemished record, my friend. Like, <laughs> I think that was the best thing that people had to say was people were more concerned for you than you were. And I think it's an an indicative of your character, but like, I mean, I've told you this as well before, but it was just kind of like the rap. What'd you think of it? I was like, well, he's okay. So I can't be more angry if he's not. It's really what it comes (laughs) down to, you know? Yeah. Um, I never really get too upset after matches. Um, Probably the most upset I've been after a match was, I was actually quite a bit younger. It was um, right after the ADCC trials, the first one I did back mm-hmm. in, uh, what was it, 2018. Uh, I fought at the Nogi World, and I was able. To, I was really wanting to get double gold because I had lost at the trials, and I was just really motivated. And I uh, took second in the absolute. I won my division and took second in the absolute. And when I lost in the absolute, it was, like, really weird because it was in, like, 30 seconds. Uh, my opponent pulled guard, put me in X guard, and locked a foot lock in, but they like figure forward over my knee. It was like hyperextending my knee. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't like enough pressure to tap, but it was like knee barring me, you know? And I like, looked at the ref and I like gestured to my knee and then he stopped the match and said I tapped. And mm-hmm. so I lost to that. And I was like, what the heck? And I, that's when I was kind of a little bit more upset. But um, <laughs> I, I really, 
perfect be that cool just for the sake of the crowd you know yeah no i i appreciate that kevin there's a part of me that thinks that like his version of losing it is like violently taking the cap off of a water bottle and tossing it on the ground like that's his bobby knight angry celebration like how dare you Ugh. and then like he throws it on the ground and he goes oh i'll go pick it up i'm sorry yeah I didn't get I didn't get out of him. I punch homeless people when things don't go well, but I did get a nice glimpse of something, you know, and that's that's helpful. That is helpful. Well, let's do this. Why don't we go transition to the game of over under Kevin? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to an installment of the show we like to call Over Under Kevin. The rules are very simple. The way it works is whoever gets the most picks right wins, technically. However, we have a large appreciation for those who talk a lot of trash. The way that the picks go, each participant gets 15 seconds to say who they think is going to win for every bout that we say, and we do it out of order. And again, just to let you know this, no pressure will... But we did recently have Craig Jones on here, and Craig Jones famously did lose to Kevin. So I guess what we're asking you here today is, can you be better than Craig Jones? Kevin, do you think he's got it in him? I already named myself the leg stealer. I'm about to consume the (laughs) cheetah persona and take over all of Craig's success. William Tackett is just the next successful grappler on my list, Raph. Mm, mm. Will, do you have a response to that? Um, I think that I can win. I normally observe fights pretty well. So, Uh-oh. <laughs> really, can I tell you what I named you on my tracker? What's that? I named sure. you. He can't tack it. So deal with that pun burn. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh so gosh. stupid. Well, let's say this. Uh, you guys get 15 seconds to say you think he's going to win. If I so deem it, 15 seconds of rebuttal time. I think we're ready to go ahead and start. We always go out of order, but we're going to start with Kevin. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's going to win the middleweight bout between Ian Heinsch and Gerald Merchart? Go. First of all, you know there's no name that brings me more immature immature joy than Merchart. It's the funniest <laughs> last name. But I got to go with Heinsch. This is a celebration of the favorites and people that are a little shorter but angrier. Okay, Will, I've got 15 on the clock for you. Who do you got? I would say, I'm going to say Ian Ian as well. Okay, is there any particular reason you're going to go ahead and take the same pick that Kevin's picking here, 15? Um, I mean, he's 13 and 3. He's really tough. Uh Uh-oh. I'm just going with him. <laughs> Kev, this is very weird. He's going by records. Do you think he's relying on MMA math a little bit too much to begin? I'm a little nervous because Mearshart has a five-inch reach advantage. His last name is Mearshart. And uh, did we mention his name ends in Shart? I, I don't know. I think it's like analysis can be more than what meets the eye, I think is the important Fair enough. Well, we're going to go to another bout. This one is a couch weight bout at 150 pounds between Evan Dunham and Herbert Burns. Will, you got this one first. Um, 
What what weight category is it again? You said it's 150. It's a catch weight, 150. Oh, it's 150. And it's between who? It is between Evan Dunham and Herbert Burns. I'm going to say Herbert Burns. Okay. Just because he has the last name like Gilbert Burns, and Gilbert Burns is on his tear right now. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Kevin, 15 for you. Yeah, 10 and 2 versus 18 and 8. So this is one of those moments where no way my man did the math on the southpaw. I am going to go with Dunham because, simply put, he's not grayed out in the ESPN file, so he has an actual photo. Yeah, I I will say this. uh, The Dunham bros are friends of the podcast, so if this comes back to them... Uh, just remember, Kevin likes you. I wish that Will- had been the only reason. I wish that had been like, <laughs> just because they're friends of the podcast and not because I liked his anger look. I know. So just to let you guys know, because I have to do that in case I go back out to train in Vegas anytime soon. Anyway, bantamweight, Eddie Wineland versus Sean Sugar O'Malley. Kevin, you start us off 15 seconds ago. I don't exactly know what I'm supposed to do with this fight. There's certain mm. fights that's like, wait. What? Uh, and this is one of them. Wineland is a fantastic fighter. He's not in this league. Not in this league. I'm going with O'Malley. Largest chest tattoo rules. That's a rule. All right. Will, what do you got for us on this? Hmm. I'm going to go with O'Malley, too, just because he's undefeated, and he's got a really cool haircut. <laughs> you know, he did change it. It is like a rainbow-themed colored hair, and I will tell you this. It actually works for him. Rap, I didn't I'm, know many people can pull that off. Go ahead, Kev. I'm looking at William Tackett's Instagram. Will, mm-hmm. are you ever going to do some cool hair? Is it just marine cut mm-hmm. for you for life, or are we going to get, like, a fun hawk with some pink highlights? <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever do, like, pink highlights, but um, Cody and Andrew are trying to talk me into, like, all we're going to all bleach our hair for the trials. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, but they want me to, so... You might see that. Any so. <laughs> chance we can really pool our resources and get each of like each of you the same letter in your head or some sort of <laughs> just don't don't limit yourself to just one color, I guess. You guys keep the idea flood open. I don't know. Maybe we'll do like all green hair or something, just something stupid. I don't know. But it, but it <laughs> but sounds like that was right a, after the tournament. That sounds like it was a no raft to will we do something fun. <laughs> Well, (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you this. There is some statistical evidence that those who get a dye job do perform better. So I would say they might not be in the wrong in terms of it. I am intrigued to see how it plays out as I am intrigued to find out who wins this middleweight bout between Charles Bird and Maki Pitolo. Will, you got this one first. Middleweight. Hmm. I'm going to say Charles Bird. Is it Bird? Is that how you say it? I guess. I mean, listen, I just pick away how I want to say it and I say it. I'm going to say Charles Bird. Um, I mean, he's normally a bigger guy. He's around, I think he walks around a little bit bigger than uh, Maki Pitolo does. They both have like a significant amount of losses, but I think that Charles Bird will come through for that one. Kev, are you going to let a significant amount of losses come and affect your ability to pick these correctly? 
I would never let losses dictate my next pick because I believe that our <laughs> losses don't define us. If Tech slapped me, I'd call him Cali and find a new route. It's about PR. I'm going with Patolo. Clear member of the mafia, deep down the pectoral tattoo. Whole package, baby. Whole package. Kevin, let's stay on that right now. I'm actually, let me see on this one. I got to double check to make sure. You are going to have 15 seconds to tell me who's going to win this welterweight bout between Neil Magny and Anthony Rocco Martin. Go. Don't need any time at all. It's going to be Magny. The man's a Colorado icon. He brings his brown belt, his gi, and his anger to gyms nearby. <laughs> Trains, humbles, stays hungry. Colorado's own Neil Magny. Fantastic. Well, what do you got for this? Um, I mean, I would pick Neil as well. I, um, if he's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and he's a local guy in Colorado, I'd pick him. I mean, I, I've trained a little. I've, I've been up to Colorado before, and I really like it up there. I'm going to pick him. Question. Have you trained with Neil Magny before? I haven't trained with Neil Magny before, no. Interesting. Okay. I mean, so well, one of us you... on the show is a top level. I'm not oh, trying no. to point out things up, like Kevin. that. I interject. <laughs> I, I accept the challenge, <laughs> but just clearly myself and younger Tackett, you know, when I see a Neil Magny, I'm like, I'm going to fight that guy at the gym, but that's, that's just me. Fair. Yeah. I mean, but Kev, you don't with... run. <laughs> the thing with guys that fight up in Colorado is there it's a higher elevation. So they do have a lot better cardio. Cause I remember whenever I fought out there for Denver open, I was like sucking like, air like bad and i was in really good shape for here in texas but whatever i got up there i was like really bad shape like competing so i'm picking him yeah just to fill you in kev for a funzy kind of slow easy day these kids go out and run track at like their local track and field you know just to kind of keep it in shape so that's an off day for them gross yeah, I know. You're telling me. Although we usually do get updates on who went first, second, and third in it. So that's always interesting to see. Uh, I will tell you this, though. This is the 32nd prompt. And, Will, you're going to lead us off on this one. It is the co-main event. It's Rafael Ascal versus Cody Garbrandt. Will, who do you got? 30 seconds. I'm picking Cody Garbrandt because I met him at the On Invitational, and he's actually a super cool dude. Um, I like him. He's a cool guy. I'm going to vote for him. I, he has had some tough losses as of late, but I think he's going to make a turnaround. Kev, my question for you, have you met either of these people, and will that make your allegiance your vote? Uh, as you know, we've met Mr. Asun Sao, and I am trying to let let the people know if it'll influence my vote. I'm a little nervous. That this feels like a favorites only pick, and I'm already noticing he can't tack it. Is picking nothing but Vegas favorites, which is bold. Uh -oh. It's not very bold, personally. Uh -oh. But this one, where I'm gonna go with the plus one twenty favorite, Asun Sao. Interesting. <laughs> All right, fascinating. We're finding how many people the kid knows. Actually, the more that we go, I think the, the tattoos on Garbrandt's neck have ruined him. And no. that they're, they're camouflaged. He's not going to be able to be touched. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect explanation of the tattoos. Kevin, why have we been doing grappling wrong this whole time? We need to get tattoos so they can't find us in the How middle of How am I supposed to let them pierce my neck, Raph? 
while oh, I'm sitting question. there? Like, what am I supposed to do? Not scream and cry or triangle them? <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. This next one is 15 seconds on the clock. It is about in the light heavyweight field. It is Alonzo Menfield versus Devin Clark. Kevin? Yeah. First of all, you know how I feel about people that have very, very aggressive chest tattoos. Well, I'm about to flip it on its ass. Uh I'm taking the minefield. I'm walking right through it. Heads up. Okay. Uh, William, what do you got on this one? Um, Devin Clark. I'm going for Devin Clark. He has the same name as my dad. And I don't really know anyone tougher than my dad, so I'm going with Devin Clark. Is your dad's your dad name Devin or Clark? Devin Clark. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's name is Devin. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Devin Tackett. Like... Got it. I was all of a sudden like, huh, Clark Tackett. Like, I dig it. It's yeah. like a crime fighter. <laughs> well, it was also going to be like, you know, one of those stories that like you see in the movies. It's like, my dad's name's Devin Clark too, and I've never met him before. But oh shout out, Raph, <laughs> Raph, shout out to Devin Tackett for producing <laughs> yeah. such savages. There yeah. we go. That's fun. That whole that whole family is a bunch of murderers on the jujitsu mats. Let's go to our next one. Featherweight. It is Cody Stamman versus Brian Callahair. Will you go first? Brian Callahair. He's got experience and he's got a bald head. They're always hard to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this for never playing this game, William has maybe the strongest command of how some picks are made on this show in a very, very short amount of time. Kevin, would you not agree on that part? There's at least 30, 30% of me that's impressed by the speed and confidence at which he yells a name. And if you can do that, you can basically be a senator in this country. So, yeah, I, I will say early impressed. Well, thank you. Well, who do you have on this one? Kevin? Well, I'll tell you why um, William Tackett's a fucking idiot. And, I, and this is a great fight where it's, it's just such a good example. Stamen has more abs than I think this podcast has years in existence. And this is a clear example of pick the fighter with more abs. I'm going with Cody Stamen. Fair enough. We're going to go over to a flyweight bout. This one is, Kev, you do this one, 15 seconds on the clock to say, does Alex Perez win or Jussier Formiga? Yeah, this isn't our friend Alex Perez, right? The jiu-jitsu practitioner? No. Okay. But he is a friend of the show. I didn't think he was 5'6 and 125 pounds, but I wanted to make sure before I made this pick of Formiga. It sounds a little like cheese. Couldn't help but pick it. That's the fat kid in me. Got it. Will, what do you got for this one? Um, I'm going to go with Alex Perez. Do you have a particular reason why? Uh, not exactly. He's got a real cool, honestly, a pretty cool name. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know too much about either fighter, so I'm going to go ahead and go with Alex Perez. Bold. Kev, this is about the time when we tell people that they have to do something uh, if they lose. Now, granted, if you win to, you know, 
the spoils go to the victor. We do do normally do a wager on here, and because we're all involved in jiu-jitsu, that means we don't have money. So we don't make them financial wagers. But, Kev, can you give some examples of uh, wagers that have been made in the past? Absolutely. I owed Brandon McCatherine from 10th Planet a song delivered, by the way. I still owe the video, but he got the song. We've exchanged T-shirts with some people. Um, I just had, well, Craig Jones demanded I do a PSA about something in leopard print shorts, and now he has to do it. (laughs) Ha! So there's there's your ideas. It's basically like a uh, social media shaming type situation, or just um, just a creative outlet. So, okay. Will we normally defer to the guests? Now, without saying what it is, if you have one in mind, do you have a bet in mind? A bet? Yeah, like um, a wager for this. Because don't worry if you like don't. A wager. Like- yeah. For the loser, like what they have to do, or for like the winner? The Well, I mean, usually it's either or. But we usually place emphasis on the loser having to do something. Um, now, granted, the winner's gotten like t-shirts before, like we said. I don't think you have any merch that I'm aware of. But, yes, like Craig Jones lost. So now he has to do a PSA on the behalf of the podcast. So that's usually about what we do. Something that usually goes on social media or some kind of nonsense. Um, mm-hmm. Now, here's the good news. You've got three more fights to figure this out, but we'll come back to it in a second. Just start thinking about it as we go to our next fight, which, by the way, you're going to be the one picking. It is a bantamweight bout between Aljamain Sterling and Corey Sandhagen. Who you got? 15 seconds on the clock. I'm doing Sterling. I really don't know too many Corys that are super, super tough. Um, And Sterling is Sterling Silver. He's rock solid. I'm going with oh, him. <laughs> okay. These these are very, very easy to understand terms. I will say, Kev, does his hatred of Corey sound a little close to insinuating that somebody named Cody is not a tough human being? <laughs> I'm just going to put that over to you, Kev. 15 seconds. I'm not trying to draw a family rift here. I'm trying no, to stay perfectly impartial, but he stole my Corey argument to a T. I couldn't hmm. agree more. Can't trust a Corey. I got to go with Algernon Sterling. And frankly, I also want to go on the record saying I'm pro Cody's. Obviously, William Tackett isn't. Obviously, he has some things with people with the CEOs, but I'm pro Cody, anti Corey. And I I couldn't agree more with his Corey terms, though. They cannot be trusted, Uh, Raph. They can't. Most of them are balding and uh, small. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, the saddest part is he's gonna find i think somewhere in his future kev maybe in five years one of his biggest arch nemesis is going to be somebody named Corey. Corey just the way it's now i don't written. know <laughs> <clears throat> for sure definitely like him at adcc in the future is gonna be him versus the next generation of somebody named Corey. so just keep that in mind everybody it's gonna be somebody's kid named Corey. Here we go. Featherweight bout. Alex Caceres versus Chase Hooper. Kevin, you start us off on this one. Yeah, you would flip back and forth. And this is tough because you know my Bruce Leroy love. But I'm going with Hooper. I picked him in fantasy football when he was with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to stick with him now, even though I think it's just a coincidence. It's Hooper for me. William, what do you got? What was the other guy's name again? 
Alex Caceres, he's Bruce Leroy, if you know that. Uh, and then yeah. Chase Cooper. I, I'm going with him, not only because uh, he uh, hasn't been picked yet, but I'm going with him just because Caceres uh, is only really tough. So, going with him. Okay, so just to clarify, that is Chase Hooper when you say him. No, he's going with yeah. Caceres. No, 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 I'm going with Caceres. Hold on. He's going it's with Bruce Gutierrez. Leroy. He's going with Bruce Leroy. Sorry. Just want to make sure. Yes, Whenever you say Leroy. him on the show, and there's two guys, unless we have a transgender fight that we don't really know, and it gets a little <laughs> heady on the him, there, they, whatever pronoun they want, we just have to double check. All right. Okay. William, you get to tell us, if you've got 30 seconds on the clock, who is going to win in the main event between Amanda Nunez and Felicia Spencer Goo. There's no way that I could ever bet against Amanda Nunez. She has, like, she's just unstoppable at this point. She's stronger than any woman in the division. And yeah, I, statistically, I'm just going with her. Fair enough. Kevin? What are we doing here? I've, uh, I tell you <sighs> what, if Tackett enters a purple belt match, guess what? I'm taking him. I feel the same way with Nunez versus anyone. What are we doing? Nunez is the champ. She gets the respect until the respect is taken. And God bless any Canadian that wants to try and step in the match with her. I don't like their chances. And neither does Vegas to the tune of minus 565. Oh, God. For Nunez. Yeah. It's, a, it's as big as... It's as big as any Rousey. It's as big as it gets. It's It's got to be Nunez. And that's me agreeing with someone from Austin, Texas. Right. We are. Yeah. I mean, this is Denver, Colorado. We refer to Austin as like the Chicago of anger for Texas. Oh, God. Like, it's basically <laughs> they're not liberal enough. They're not fun enough. And they don't make good enough drinks or tacos. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows oh, wow. it. Everyone wow. Wow. Our barbecue's great. Yeah, fine. No, I, I actually, it's really difficult to talk smack on Austin. I'm finding like a way. Kansas but City it is can't difficult. talk about good barbecue, Kev? Oh, we'll talk about good barbecue, yeah, but damn barbecue. it. Tor <laughs> torchies, those trucks, the different. Uh, one of my favorite drinks I had in Austin, Texas, there was a place near my hotel that had the frozen mojito, and it's like, I'm just going to live here. This is where I live now. <laughs> Such a great place. Well, just to let you know, William, the way this works now is in the event there's a tie, we usually use performances of the night. They give up two of those. It's not submission or knockout. It's just two performances of the night, usually, and then one fight of the night, usually. So four performances of the night. I'm going to ask Kevin first, then I'm going to ask you. Kev, what are your two performances okay. of the night? Yeah, Magni and O'Malley. And it feels really good to say them back and forth because it feels um, a little bit maybe I just like the alliteration. Magni and O'Malley. And then for fight of the night, I got Nunez. Nunez and Spencer. Okay, who do you have for this? Who do you have as your two performances of the I'm night? Saying, I'm saying Eddie Winland and Sean O'Malley for performance of the night and fight of the night, definitely with Amanda Nunes just because she always comes out rolling from the gate. Okay, so you're really banking on Magni versus Wyland in terms of getting the performance bonuses between the two of you. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, we gave you some time to think about it. Do you have a bet in mind, young William Tackett? Um, I'm thinking maybe like a workout bet. Maybe we uh, could, if someone loses, they got to do like an extra workout or something. Can, Raph, may I? This yeah. is just, uh, <laughs> if he loses, he has to invent a jujitsu move called the verbal tap. Fair. The verbal tap? Okay. You just have to demo it 20 to 30 seconds. I mean, you're the pro, but that's my thought. I, I mean, I'd actually enjoy doing that. I don't know if that's really much losing, but. <laughs> hey, well, do it on one of the brothers and we'll call it even. And if okay. we lose. I'll do it on the little brother. If we lose, I'll, I'll do a very critical ESPN like hot take explaining William Tackett is better than Keenan by every measurable statistic we have. <laughs> you definitely have to do that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> It'll be a minute. It'll be sincere, and it will upset Keenan. Just so everyone's aware before I do it. <laughs> do we have an accord, Young Tackett? I'm sorry. I didn't. I, my phone kind of cut out for two seconds. Oh, You're good. We're just asking. I'm using old pirate language. No. <laughs> do we have an accord? Yes, we do. Excellent. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a pause here, but it's customary for us to always invite the guests to come back next week after the fights. So would you be willing to come on the show next week to talk about, obviously, how things went over the weekend and also uh, about the fights that happened over the weekend, sir? Yes, let's do it. Beautiful. All right. You know, I'm not going to be coming back losing. I'm definitely going to be all my picks are definitely went in this time I, you know okay can we level with you right now you found your own way of making over under kevin work for you and we appreciate that because i was concerned i wasn't sure if you were going to talk a lot of crap to kevin and you know you found your way to do it and we learned some things about you over the time like where the hell is his hatred for all people named Corey? kevin did not know that about him <laughs> when we started the show I mean, it was in an agreement, though. We both agreed that those Corys are a little bit softer. I, again, this is just, I mean, it's inviting the jiu-jitsu gods to build someone that's going to be like the next Gordon Ryan <laughs> as like a weird Frankenstein version of like, I'm Corey. So, uh, <laughs> you know, props to you for that. Kev, do you have any departing words before we let this young man find his way out? Yeah, in back-to-back Instagram posts, you have you curling up next to Captain Crunch, peanut butter, Oreos, and Doritos. The very next photo, Raph, is him doing pull-ups. On behalf of all things science, logistics, and calories, uh, go F yourself, sir. We're jealous and we're (laughs) angry and those pictures (laughs) in consecutive order. I was like, you know, I love his jiu-jitsu. I don't have to like him. I'm I'm just uh, <laughs> jealous again. I'm kidding. Oh, touche. <laughs> <laughs> no, you well, uh, hold on to it and keep fighting, sir. We have a lot of fun watching you. Thank you. Yeah, this is fun. Well, William, I got to tell you, man, we're super thrilled for you to make it back on the mats this weekend. You always provide a great highlight to any show you're a part of. I know the good folks over at Third Coast Grappling are excited to have you and always your family on their cards, but we're very excited that 8-Man looks dope. I'm glad you're throwing on a gi, and then I'm glad the next week you're at Jits King uh, for their 16-man tournament, which also looks 
like uh, a huge, huge, huge thing that's going down. So we're very, very mm-hmm. excited for you, young man. But uh, we were so stoked that you were able to make some time and chat with us today about some fights, man. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'll do my best this weekend and the next weekend. I appreciate the support. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun, as always. I love the verbal tap with you guys. And it was great. Thanks. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is